Welcome to August, and we are going to be talking about leadership and everything leadership this month. But before we get started, Dr. Jess, what's in your glass today? Well, this morning I am drinking a cup of coffee and my mug that I keep it nice and warm because temperature for me is key. I don't like it too cold. Can't do that. Has to be warm. Um, So anyway, Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? I am having good old water. Just increasing. I find if I drink a lot of water in the morning, I do better because I don't do well at drinking a lot of water in the evening. So water with meals and water in the morning is my go-to. Gotcha. I like that. So we are going to be talking all about leadership. Um, And Dr. Jess, I know you have done so much with leadership, both in managing different physical therapy and yourself, things like that. So let's kind of, where do we want to start? What's a great way to start when you're looking at leadership? Because I think a lot of us, we know the word leadership. We've been around it. We can tell you people that are leaders, but like, what is leadership? So the way I see leadership really isn't necessarily like the CEO of the company is the only person that uh, employs leadership strategies. Really, leadership is just how you make decisions, right? Like more or less, it's it's constant decision making. And from that, it's getting the cause and effect. And so you can apply leadership strategies to how you parent, how you run your household, how you work with other, uh, you know, coworkers, uh, teammates, or employees. All of it is just you're using different leadership styles and strategies. And so I've, you know, just through the years, like when I was in undergrad, I was, you know, leader in multiple organizations. And so kind of learning from that younger age of like, how do I get this group of individuals uh, to like work together as a team to achieve a common goal, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing in athletics, right? So, so when I was younger, it was more about sports and, and clubs and things like that. And as I started progressing through my career, it's more of like, you know, you start trying to get uh, strategies in a clinic, like how do we keep the schedule full? How do we work on cancellation rates? How do we, you know, and as my role within the clinics grew, uh, it was more and more goals that we're constantly trying to achieve and more people that you're trying to use to achieve set goals. Mm-hmm. And then starting my family has been very similar. So now I've got these little ones that we're trying to like <laughs> raise into big ones that know something meaningful and are decent humans. <laughs> so it's the same mindset of like, how do you make decisions based on how are you going to interact with whoever it is that you're interacting with to reach whatever goal you want to reach? That's leadership. It really doesn't have to be just in the workplace. You can be pretty strategic with other aspects of your life as well. So where, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say this. I, when I coach gymnastics, I always tried to teach my kids. It's not the highest level that is the leaders. It's the hard workers. It's the good examples. Like you don't need to be the oldest. You don't need to be the highest level. Um, You know, anyone can really be a leader within Mm -hmm. a group. Absolutely. Like it's, it's just how you carry yourself where you just lead by example of people have heard that all the time. It's how you make your decisions based on how you know that you need to move forward. Other people see that and they're like, oh, oh, that's cool. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you start, you know, you start a trend or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Um, 
So, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what are the seven classic leadership styles. There's so many leadership styles, but like we're going to talk about seven classic styles. Then we're going to talk about what are some principles to go off of, and then we're going to meld that into thinking about things from a situational perspective and a mindfulness perspective. So I think where we fall short sometimes when we're talking about leadership is this is a type of leader you should be. These are the pros and cons of this leadership style. And therefore this is how you implement it. And that mm -hmm. isn't real, right? Um, right? So in real life, we're dealing with different personalities, different um, ability levels, different uh, buy-in amounts, <laughs> like the person that you're working with, how much are they committed to the purpose, the cause, the goal, whatever it might be. So whatever situation you're in, really being able to apply different styles based on the situation, including a mindfulness component of how am I entering the space is going to actually help you reach your goals and work better with the people around you. And so that's kind of the point of, of the podcast today is to say, don't like, I always say, don't put a ceiling on my head get that thing off of me. I'm not just <laughs> this. I can be this or this based on the situation that I'm in. So I don't like being closed in. And sometimes, you know, we feel like we need to conform and fit this mold. And then we are like, oh, now I feel like I can't grow because you can't because you're inside of a mold. Get out. Go. <laughs> And with that, I think it's important when you're talking about situation stuff is to know what your your go-to is, like where your 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 body's naturally gonna fall in one of these seven. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to just be aware of like what are your natural tendencies? Right. So yeah. oh go ahead. Your strengths. Like mm -hmm. wherever you're strongest, employ that the to the you know, the best you can. And then work on your weaknesses. And that's the mindfulness part. Love it. Yeah. So Dr. Jess, let's start. Tell us a little bit about the first one, which is authoritarian. Yeah. So authoritarian is where we think of that, like, you know, my house, my rules, I make the rules, you follow them, you underneath me have no say. So this is a very antiquated way of thinking about leadership. So uh, it's, not necessarily it does it does not have proven success and the buy-in is low and typically the resistance is high and so uh so we don't encourage this style <laughs> so uh there's much better ways to be able to actually educate and guide and lead without just having this blanket black and white this and not that you know um so and this is all research based I've, I've done a whole training manual on leadership mm -hmm. uh lots of work went into this and so um <laughs> really like it it's it it doesn't bode well and especially in current day um mm -hmm. are we have been taught to think and ask questions and that's that's not this like entitlement thing right it's okay we'll be talking about that like it's okay for somebody to ask a question that feels <gasps> scary and that we have to answer with like well logic and reason because they're wanting to understand so understanding is this meant to be disruptive or is it meant to actually better understand so really understanding the person that you're talking to and where they're trying to really grow and learn might be not a bad thing. <laughs> Oftentimes we're like, I said the rule, therefore do it. 
um <laughs> yeah that's that's where you get the kickback so yeah. I was gonna say so someone that finds themselves being that way what can they like what are some good steps for them um to work on yeah so what I would say is always consider yourself in the other person's shoes right? So consider their experience and that's the mindfulness part. And so when we're practicing mindful leadership, it's, you're really thinking about like, how can I get them to understand what I'm saying? And so, and that might mean very, very different things for very different people. So some people really love to be delegated to just tell me what I need to do and I will do it. Don't give me the why I don't care. I'll just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you bore them with the why they're like, la, 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 la. They don't care. They really just want a task list. So that's okay. Right. Like it's really okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. They feel productive. They finish that list. They're like, yes, look what I got done. I achieved X, Y, and Z. And so fine. You've got the other people that are like, my son, who's a little <laughs> mini me, um, who's like, why? <laughs> but why? And so it's funny because like, my husband is more of like, let's do, do this task list. Let's get it done. <laughs> like, la la la. I don't care about the why. If we say we, we say it's important. Okay, do it. Let's go. You know, don't get caught up on the on the whys. <laughs> my son, on the other hand, needs the why. And so if you're working with somebody that needs the why, you know, they need the why. You want to know why, you know, because they ask why. <laughs> so it's just kind of really working with the person. So mm -hmm. if you have rules and it's good to have rules and it's good to have boundaries and it's good to have structure, but you've got to understand who you're talking to. And so employing different leadership strategies based on the person is going to really be much more effective. And so there isn't one way to get yourself out of an authoritarian leadership style. It's multiple ways. It's really kind of understanding who you're communicating with, um, more or less. When this comes to a big team approach, that's different because you can't just be one-on-one -on -one all the time. Like you really do need to have some sort of strategy and structure. And so I'll go through a couple of those different ways to do that when you're talking about like, you know, team management versus individual. So yeah, because you can't like each employee, like, right. each, you know, it's if you've got a team, it you know, you're going to spread yourself so thin, which is another thing we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, so let's go on the second one. So bureaucratic leadership. What can you give us a little, Um, what is that? So that's kind of talking about like, this is how we've done it. We've always done it this way. And it's based on very strict policy and procedure that doesn't change or conform to times. So again, this is antiquated. So we need policies and procedures and we need to learn from the past, but we also have to be able to change with progress. So mm -hmm. like healthcare specific example, like, we had to go to EMRs, electronic medical records, and off of paper charts. And so I, uh, when I was a new grad, I worked in one clinic and they were like, yes, like we love this. We love like this ability to grow, like EMR is going to help us with efficiency. So their lens of looking at this mandate of having to change was like, like actually somewhat healthy. And then I was working in this other clinic who they were like, nope. 
We've never done it that way. We're not doing EMR. We're going to like, we're, you know, we're going to do everything we can to get out of it. Um, and, you know, and it's like, nope, we never, we've never done it. We're not mm-hmm. going to, this is how we do things and we don't change. And so it's, uh, it's not really great to, <laughs> to, I mean, it's good to have policies and procedures and it's good to have a way of doing things, but it's not great to not be able to conform either. Mm-hmm. So again, that one's like out. Um, <laughs> research doesn't support it. So moving on. Moving um, on. So moving on, let's move on to a democratic leadership style. So democratic is where employee or family member or whoever group member, uh, gym members, team members, whoever is in this said group, uh, their ideas are included when decisions are made. So democratic style, there's pros and cons. So the leader uh, sometimes can get a little bit delayed in making a decision if they're trying to get everybody in this group to come to one consensus. So that's where democratic leadership style sometimes can fall short uh, because that might not happen, right? So what we can do democratic leadership style with still having the leader taking in all of the uh, opinions and thoughts and concerns and using that to help grow the, the entity of whatever it might be. And so there still has to be, uh, if it's going to be effective, there has to be somebody that's really driving that ship to keep the logic and reason inside of it without like months of deliberation on one specific thing, right? So that doesn't Mm -hmm. really work um, as far as an efficiency standpoint. Mm -hmm. However, the pros of that are you get improved buy-in. So your employees, your team members, all those people, right? If they feel like they have a say and what happens and the rules or policies and procedures or structure that is they are supposed to be following and implementing, they're way more likely to buy in because they were part of it, right? So that's the whole, if we want to get out of authoritarian and we want to actually improve how things are running and functioning and improve buy-in, improve productivity or improve output in some way, then listening (laughs) can be helpful. (laughs) <laughs> the other thing with democratic is that the leader has one brain. You may have 10 brains in your team. So getting the strengths out of each of those brains and what they bring to the table might bring little tidbits that make it a stronger decision overall for that specific team. 10 other people are going to have different things. And so see, it's going to be, it's just a way to really pull out strengths, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's democratic. Okay. And then, so that was three. So we have four, which is the coaching leadership style. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell so, us a little bit about that. So you would know about coaching as a <laughs> gymnastic coach. So think about that, that same thing in the house, same thing in a business. So it could be where you've got a, um, a mentor mentee situation so coaching leadership style works better with a one-on-one experience. It's really hard to do coaching when you get too many people because then the leader gets divided a little bit too thin. Mm-hmm. But with coaching, uh, essentially what it is is that you are seeing the value and the potential in the employee, the gym member, the team member, or um, 
mentee or a child, um, you see that potential and then you're doing everything you can to challenge to get them to rise to the next mm-hmm. level and you challenge them and you get them to rise to the next level. So you can do this as like an onboarding with a group that's at a similar level. What's hard is if you have a bunch of different levels to like, cause now you're constantly trying to implement different challenges at different levels and it gets a little bit hard for the person that's the coach. So it's a lot easier with a coaching style of leadership to have a similar level of experience if there's more than one person. Um, but this is very easy to implement as a parent, right? Uh, because mm-hmm. typically we have a smaller <laughs> number of ratio, you know, kids to parents right. um, to be able to kind of give them those things to reach towards. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, look what you just accomplished. Mm-hmm. This is great. Um, same thing with like, that's my style as a CI when I have an intern. So my style with interns is a coaching style, which is different than um, how I lead as far as like the business itself. That's a little bit different because I, everybody has a different role, a different level, you know, so see what I mean? So situationally, I can use different strategies based on who I'm working with. And I can say like when I was coaching, you know, you do, there are days where you spend more time on one kid and the days when you spend another, you just have to make, you really in a big group, it is very hard to get to everyone every day. So you just have to make sure you're touching. I had had to make sure I was touching base with every child, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the event, you know, things like that. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, So then our fifth one is transformational or like a visionary leadership style. Yeah. So visionary leaders are a little bit more of this, like they can see where they want to go right? But there's not necessarily a lot of structure in place to get there. And so it might mean that we start making a path to get there in this manner. And then all of a sudden, boom, the path is going to change. And then, oh, I read something or I talked to someone and then boom, the path is going to change. And it's not a, um, it can be helpful for like startups and where there's not like a new path that hasn't really been formed. It can be helpful in that way. Uh, but where it's not necessarily helpful is when employees are like, uh, <laughs> we were doing it this way. Okay. Now we're doing it this way. Oh, okay. Now we're doing it this way. And you know, like they're kind of, ah, I don't know what to expect next. I don't, I don't quite know how to succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't have a clear path for success. And mm-hmm. so that's where visionary leaders are great for these big picture ideas, but typically they need to be paired with somebody that gets like, okay, this is how we're going to structure it. And this is how we're going to get from point A to point B. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm the visionary. <laughs> like, and I was like, I feel like that's so me. Yeah. Like I have all these ideas and I'm like, ah, and then just need someone to help like pick and put them together and make them happen. Right. And like, here's the X, Y, and Z is how we're going to get there. Um, yes. And so, yeah, so that's typically like really pairing those leadership styles together are great because a visionary leader is going to see stuff that like the real like in the box thinker isn't necessarily going to even consider. So it's not bad. It's just how do you make sure that the people that you're working with are on target for that mm-hmm. as well and can be successful and feel successful? Like you can't change like you, you can't change the target without like preparation. 
because then it feels like, ah, you know, um, that's, that's not helpful. And it's in, in our house, like same thing with kids, right? So if the, if the target goal is to eat five pieces of broccoli to earn a sweet treat after dinner, right? So if that changes all of a sudden to something else, it's like, wait, what? Right. So like, no, no, no. Like we have to make sure that we keep a clear path for success. So that's, that's the biggest thing with, with visionaries. And then, so our second to last one is a servant leadership style. Mm -hmm. So it's, it is what it sounds like. So a servant leader is going to, again, lead by example and kind of be there to constantly uh, boost up the people around them. Right. So it's not like a, Hey, this is what to do. This is how to do it. And I'm in charge. It's like, Hey, I'm implementing these styles and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I want you to kind of follow me, you know? So I'm going to lead by example. Uh, it can be a little bit hard in the workplace where there really does need to be a little bit more structure. It can be helpful in, um, not as professional settings though. So how do you interact in that Bible study group in that, um, you know, mom's group in that, uh, you know, even in your house, right? Like running your household of like, if I'm going to be cleaning the kitchen, you know, like the expectation is come in here with me, you know, let's do this together. Um, let me kind of show you what it means to be part of this household versus it being like, you need to clean that. Mm -hmm. that's authoritarian I feel like that goes really well with coaching um because combining it and be or when I was coaching Mm -hmm. um because you know I have a kid that's scared of a skill and just being like okay we we need this skill like if you want to compete this level you need this skill Mm -hmm. but what can we do what can we do today to get you closer what are your goals like having that kid kind of build them up to come up with their own ideas and stuff like that to achieve the goal that we need, but not just telling them that they have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So see those, there's different ways of achieving that. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and so, and then we've got one last one. And the last one, I'll let yeah. you. Uh... Yeah. So this is a laissez-faire leadership style. So pretty much this is like, Hey, individuals around me, you kind of do what you want, you know? So you do you like run how you run, take off, do it like you you do best. And I'm going to be here. If you need something, I got you. That kind of, so you're not actually guiding. So if you've got like a group of people that are like excellent at what they do, and they're just like, get out of my face. I'm really good at this. Let me go. That would be a laissez-faire leadership style would be like, you got it. Like, don't do you, you know? Um, So for me, like if I'm working with a therapist who's like got a ton of experience is like already is like great, confident, has good continuing education. And they're just like, I need a schedule. I need a room. I need a computer. I'm like, well, do you need, do you need me for anything? They're like, no, but I'll reach out if I do. I'm like, fantastic. Laissez-faire. Get out of their face. Let them do them. (laughs) So it doesn't mean you don't check in. Hey, how's it going? How's your day? Is it, you know? that kind of stuff. Um, is there anything that you want to debrief, you know, just kind of offering that, but really just getting out of their way and let them take it because they are good. So that's kind of the laissez-faire. It works when somebody already has tools, already has strategies, and is already effective. 
And so that person, you do not want to micromanage. You do not want to get in their way and you do not want to put big, hard stops on them. Because, I was about to, mm-mm. I was about to say like, those are when you realize you have a good employee, like you have to fight everything to not try to micro or look over them right. because yes, you need to make sure they're good. They're doing what they're doing. But once you know, and you see their work, like let them do their thing. Right. So that gets into situational, right? So now I might use laissez-faire leadership with that therapist, whereas somebody else really needs deadlines and a task list, right? Mm -hmm. So I might really need to, and I'll use a democratic style with them of like, hey, what do you think needs to get done? What do you think is an ample timeframe to put as a deadline on this? So they're helping come up with the decision, which doesn't make it feel like it was forced upon them. And then say, okay, now here's the structure. Here's the goals. Here's like some strategy to get there. Now I back off again. So someone else might need more democratic where someone else might need more laissez-faire. So it just kind of depends on the situation. And the same thing in the household right? So as a parent, I might use laissez-faire with an older kid who's crushing it in school, doesn't need a ton with like, are you doing your homework? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? They're a straight A student. They're involved in sports. They're involved in clubs. You know, they're like, the worst thing you could say to them is like, I'm disappointed. (laughs) So like that, that teenager might be really self-driven and self-motivated and need more laissez-faire and support. Whereas Mm -hmm. someone else in the household might need more coaching to constantly get them to come up, whereas someone else might need more democratic because they really need to be part of the decisions and they need to be part of the why. So really understanding who you're dealing with and that's the mindfulness part of what is their experience and what are they taking from what you're saying. So what is my intention in the space is the mindfulness and then considering them. And that gets applied to situational, which then essentially is how, what kind of strategies that you're using. And that's kind of how you can use leadership to really think about how you make decisions. So I feel like it's kind of like a, I always look at it as like a, a healthy manipulation of like, helping getting individuals to do what you need them to do in a work business parenting, but having them do that agreeably with you while still be open to like listening to their ideas and not closing those ideas down. And I think that's where the healthy part comes in. If you're just doing it to get them to go along with you, regardless of what the results are, the health of it, that's not good, but yeah. Um, Really being and you need open. to have intention. You need to have good intention for where yeah. you're going and why. Mm-hmm. So what is our goal? And does that make sense for our group, whatever that group might be? Um, and so, and then there's just some like generalized principles to consider. And so this is forgive, even if you don't forget, learn from who you're working with. Okay. But don't hold grudges. If something has passed, it's passed. So we don't need to do all sorts of like, you know, just like passive aggressive tendencies, things like that. We talked about it. It's over. Now, if that's happened once and it repeats and the behavior repeats and then it repeats and that repeats, okay, that's the don't forget part. Okay. Learning needs to occur. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Um, consider the whole, okay. 
So even the parts you don't like, so there might be aspects of something where we're really good at something over here, but maybe this is uncomfortable or the part we don't like to do or things like that, but you really need to consider that whole. And that's the best way that you're actually going to get, get to where you want to go um, by not avoiding the uncomfortable or tedious or boring um, <laughs> and teaching your teammates to not do the same, right? Because that's what creates weaknesses. Um, embracing respectful dissent. So what that means is, and I use my five-year-old because he is like the perfect, he's like, I'm not saying he's perfectly respectfully dissentful, you know, uh, he has learned if there's a rule that he disagrees with and he'll challenge it because sometimes it really doesn't make sense. Like to be fair, like he comes up with solid points. Uh, so the way he says it though, and I'm trying to teach him, it's it's in your delivery, bud. So don't come at me with this like, I don't want to whiny voice. Uh, shut that down. So whiny, crying, all that kind of stuff, whether it's an employee, whether it's a kid, whether it's a team, like just that all of the emotion aside with it, like get your emotion out over there. That's okay. Emotion's fine. Now come back and tell me with words, what's your question and why, right? Without mm -hmm. attacking me. And then it's like, oh, that respectful dissent actually moved us forward because he pointed out a flaw. Like, you're right. Good point. I love that you brought that up. Let's go ahead and like, we're going to modify a little bit. And so now, now that person, you get the buy-in because they feel heard and they learned communication strategies that are effective. Um, right. Mm -hmm. So I don't, this whole like, but it does not fair to me. Uh, life isn't fair. Welcome. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Next point. <laughs> like, it isn't fair. It's not ever going to be fair. So if that's the only argument, next, come back with something <laughs> right. I'm nicer than that, usually. Uh, <laughs> um, the next one is never stop listening and learning. Really taking in information I learned from my five-year-old. I learned from my coworkers. I learned from everybody around me. Like there are so many ideas and points and things that you can bring in. And it's just going to be like helpful to keep growing. The whole point is to constantly grow. Don't get stuck in a rut. Um, and then reject zero sum thinking, meaning this will always be catastrophic. This will only do this. This might lead to this, this, or this whoa right it might lead to this right but what are strategies we can put in place that it doesn't do that and so just that kind of like black and white thinking consider gray right most all decisions are gray unless there's a fire put it out that's black and white most other things really are gray um two more building coalitions so really encouraging um, inner um, relationship development in the team okay how you do that it could be eating lunch together it could be um you know how they're just how you're interacting like with kids like healthy playtime together meal time together going on family walks with coworkers. it might be just downtime activities where people are just being themselves 
And so building those coalitions are how humans interact and how they connect. And the more connected we are, the more likely we are to actually have each other's backs and to um, mm -hmm. help, again, achieve whatever goal mm -hmm. we're trying to achieve. Feeling part of something is really good for us as humans. That's how we grow. That's how we do well. Um, and then the last thing is leading with courage in the face of the unknown. So this is like essentially all I do, I swear. <laughs> like I'm like, well, we haven't tried this before. So like, let's give it a try. <laughs> and it's like, what worst case scenario, this happens. It doesn't mean we die. It doesn't mean we lose an ear. So like, I think we'll be okay. Uh, so it's like, just, you know, just saying, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But we need to try. And then other people behind you are like, oh, well, I was scared because I didn't know. But if you're willing to try, then I'm willing to try. And they say, well, if, if he or she are willing to try, then I'm willing to try. And that's how we move forward. So it's like, we can't be scared of everything we don't know 100%. We based it on logic and reason. And if it makes sense and really like there's like not a high chance of death or like actual like injury. <laughs> I mean, for real, like, yeah, think about that. I do right. raise boys. Um, <laughs> like, where are you going to land? Think about the landing before you come. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, it's just leading, leading with courage, even if you're scared. Like oftentimes, like, you know, Dr. Bobby will ask me, she's like, so how's your stomach today? I'm like, I feel like I'm going to vomit. However, <laughs> we're <laughs> like, we're doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. Do it scared. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know, but we're going to try it. So we'll go from there. Uh, so that's the big picture of leadership. So later this month, each episode, we're going to be kind of talking with other individuals and their experiences with leadership, whether it's in, um, you know, settings that are in the home, settings that are not in the home and in the workplace. Uh, so just kind of talking with, you know, how people implement this and, um, you know, successes and failures. Because uh, it's not all success. <laughs> it's not. And quick question, Jess. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Jess, how do I figure out like what my leadership style is? Like what my, I naturally in this moment without education, you know, would be. So there's different quizzes that you can take and they'll ask you these questions and they'll give you a scenario and then you'll kind of click how you would respond. And so that kind of tells you, and we'll put the uh, link to that. It's a free, there's like free quizzes. Uh, we'll put that, a link to that in the episode description. And so it'll just kind of help you understand a little bit more of like, what is my tendency? Because you might think it's one. And then like, you'll take this quiz and you're like, oh goodness, <laughs> I am more like this than I thought I was, uh, which is good to understand what, you know, how are you actually implementing these strategies? So I think that uh, would be an yeah. awesome challenge for this week. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love that. So, yep. Uh, so stay tuned for what we have coming up later this month. And I hope you all found this to be interesting and uh, realize that there's not one answer. <laughs> it's more than one. Yay. Yes. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you would like to learn more about how Two Gals can support you, then join our Two Gals Insiders membership, which can be found at www.2-gals.com. Also, don't forget, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook as well as Instagram. Okay, everybody. Bye. Enjoy your week.